On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks on the Grindhouse Girls podcast. This is the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Brittany. When we're recording, it's November 9th, the day after Election Day in the United States. Yep. We hope y'all voted. Our state, unfortunately, stayed pretty red because <laughs> we live in Alabama, but other states didn't. Yeah. Which is weird because usually whoever's in power, the other party gets a lot of midterm elections, but it did not, which I think means that people are starting to wise up to crazy people, except for apparently Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is still... On the ballot. But Lauren Boebert didn't win her election. So that's cool. Anyways. Also, we lost Leslie Jordan. We lost Angela Lansbury. Yeah. And we lost Hagrid. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of people. I feel like this has been another year. And then I was talking to Katie about this before. I said, I said, is it another rough year? Or is this just happens as you get older? Like more celebrities you grow up with pass away i'm praying that oh aaron carter oh yeah oh my god yeah and he was just yeah. he was a year older than we are he's our age basically and robbie coltrane yeah that's who i was talking about with hagrid also a couple of rap artists died i think takeoff takeoff died 28 years old and they were at like a bowling alley and someone got into a fight about some kind of betting thing oh my god Ugh. anyways so, sorry guys. Oh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, Jerry Lee Lewis was, fu- was, it's not funny that he died, but I did not know that Jerry Lee Lewis, I, or I had forgotten, had married his 13 year old cousin when he was like in his 30s. Oh yeah. 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 That was a controversy. I just got off of a weekend, opening weekend of my show. Yay. So my brain's been fuzzy. So I apologize. I got the weeks mixed up what week we were doing this week so i didn't do the artwork so i'm gonna share it next week which you guys will know that by the time but i'm sorry because i for some reason was like oh it's this week not next week or it's next week not this week and then like i was like oh shit but it was also election week so i think people were busy so oh yeah it's fine and halloween had just happened and yeah i ended up not really doing much of anything for Halloween costume-wise because I was so busy with tech rehearsal. But I did dress up as Cassie from the Oklahoma scene in Euphoria because I 
remembered I had a dress like that and I just got my hair done and so I was like oh hey and honestly my hairdresser's daughter was going as a character as Euphoria and so I was like oh yeah it just like popped in my brain I was like I can go as that that was fun and then I dressed up as a witch for work like my little Sabrina the Teenage Witch outfit like a little velvet black dress and stuff but like Brittany's husband won our costume contest because Brittany carved him the Dwight (laughs) from the meme that everybody knows about which I know I've seen that episode but I know more about it from the meme than the episode at this point because it's just every Halloween. It's like that and the guy with the pumpkin on his head in the black bodysuit dancing. Oh, yeah. And the the something pumpkin. I can't remember his name, but the when Tom Hanks was like, oh, oh the pumpkin. Yes. Which was what Mike Flanagan and um, Katie Siegel did for Halloween this year. I was like, hey, nice. Yeah. David S. Pumpkin. That's what it is. Yes. David S. Pumpkin. Anyways, what about you, Brittany? Um, yeah, so I um I have a lot of costumes just because I'm that person. And so why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I I had a few different options, but I have a uh Renera wig, so I wasn't able to do like a full blown like Renera costume. And then as I'm putting makeup on my face. Because I'm pretty pale, but I do have a lot of pink in my skin. So as I'm putting the makeup on, I was like, oh my god. So I don't mean this in a vain way. I just mean this. My face structurally is more Daenerys than Renera. And so, like, that's why I'm like, I do not have, like... Emma is incredibly a beautiful person. I just do not have their face shape as much as I do Amelia Clark. So I was like, I just fucking look like Daenerys. So I know that you didn't get to watch a ton of stuff. I got to watch some stuff, not a ton, but I think we both watched House of the Dragon finale. Oh, hell yeah. How was that for you? I knew what was coming. Uh, Spoilers, guys, very obviously. I kind of did. Yeah, Yeah, big spoilers. I knew, okay, so I had skimmed over like, what started the Dance of Dragons. Mm. So I knew that, again, big spoilers, Lucerus and Eryx died in a fight with Aemon and Vagar. Is it Rhaegar or It's Vagar. It's Vagar. Right? Yeah. Oh, hey. But I didn't expect him to crunch them out of the sky. And I also do like that they show you that the dragons are independent. A dragon's not a slave. Yeah. I'm curious how Amond is going to carry this burden. Is he going to be like, embrace the villainy? Or is he going to be like, that was an accident. I didn't mean to kill him. Because he didn't. Yeah. It, but still, don't play with fire. It's very, Literally. yeah, it's very, very, in- it's very sad on so many levels. And so, a uh, uh, humor aspect to it, and I love these memes. So, Vagar is the oldest living dragon. And so I commonly refer to her as Granny Vagar. And a lot of people make jokes that, like, Vagar has dementia and thinks that Amon is Vicenya, who was one of Aegon's sister wives, who was her original writer. So, like, there's all these memes floating around, like, Vicenya, I didn't know the Dornish have dragons now. And it's like, no, Vagar, stop, stop! And she, like, crunches, like, the dragon half. So there is, like, a oh, now no. humorous element. But yeah, it's it's, it's so fucking sad. And I knew as soon as they were like talking about Storm's End, I was like, oh, it's going to end with Lucerys being killed. So I knew it was coming. But I kind of liked it the way they did it because it was exactly like he was playing with fire and he did get burned in a very, very bad way. But the way the histories are is like he did it on purpose. And essentially what it was was that one of the Baratheon daughters, like basically Lucerys was like, 
trying to get away and she's like oh did he take your balls as well as your one eye too i want to marry a man with all my parts and that kind of what sparked him to go after him and then like the histories were like and then after laceris walks to shore he cut his eyeballs out both of his eyeballs out and gave it to the Brathian girl and i'm like yeah and i'm like that i knew about that part yeah too. that's like a little and they even were like oh that may be like you know that was what one of the maesters was like oh that's probably a little overkill essentially so i'm really glad that they have this humanizing moment to Amon where he has like this complete look of like oh fucking hell because it's like in that moment like he knows he started the war well also they both were trying to stop their dragons from fighting yeah it's like when you got two dogs and they want to fight and you really gotta control well, them. Well, Alraxis also is like a baby and like he was just trying to protect his rider because dragons and their riders have a very unspeakable like bond between them. Exactly, just like your dog. Yeah, it's funny because I was actually thinking that in a lot of ways because, okay, like this is a really, really stupid thought. But I'm like, all the other Targaryens, they treat their dragons like they're dragons, but like how millennials are with their 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 fur babies. It's like Daenerys actually treats her dragons like children instead of just dragons. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, but also Daenerys didn't have any human children. Yeah. So like you can kind of understand why she would I don't either, which is why Gizmo it's is just my so child. Funny, but it's also really sad because there's like a part in one of the books, and I think it may be a dance with dragons that she's hallucinating after Drogon because that's the other thing. A dragon's not a slave. Danny literally says that, but there's multiple cases throughout like the lore. So for example, there's one dragon that carried a Targaryen princess off to Valeria, and like when the girl came back, she was like essentially burning from within. And it was like, so, it, yeah, it's awful if you ever get to that part in Fire and Blood. Um, But then, like, there was another dragon that refused to fly beyond the wall. And then Drogon literally just fucking flies off with Danny out of the dragon pits. Like, Danny doesn't know where they're going. Yeah. But Danny has, like, this, like, she's hallucinating. And she's like, Drogon killed a little girl. I'll never have a little girl. I'm the mother of dragons. And I'm like, that's, like, such a sad line. In the books. Although he actually kills a child yeah, in, the in the books, yeah. TV show. Yeah, and he does, yeah, that's from the book. But yeah, I mean, Rhaenyra does try to keep the peace, even though yes. she brought her dragon to the meeting with Allison's dad. She was trying to keep the peace, and I appreciate that. But I'm also like, and she's like, but I'm the fucking queen. Because she is. Yeah. And I don't know. The whole thing's just a whole thing. I, it is weird. Did we, I think we may have. Did we talk about this last time? I don't know if we did. Maybe we did off off podcast. But it was interesting seeing um, Damon freak the fuck out on her. I think we did talk about this, but I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. But him freaking the fuck out on her and like choking her. Although it doesn't seem like she he'd ever done that before. I uh, doesn't make it right. I'm just saying like doesn't seem oh, like their relationship was abusive. Oh. But why would you go for that automatically, Damon? Or was that, the, that might have been the episode before. Yeah, I think that was episode nine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Wait, no, because she didn't find, no, it was ten. Because we don't see Renera the whole. Uh, oh, because yeah. we the baby trauma happens, yeah. too, yeah. in ten. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. She gives birth to a stillborn from all the stress. Yeah, Vicenia. And she just, like, throws it on the, it was weird. I don't know, like, it, like she basically, like, is just squatting, but it's like a stone floor. I'm like, she must have known the baby was dead at that point, because I'm like, wouldn't, 
you want to like go on your bed or something and like just in case yeah i don't know know? if you saw it because it's so so when she gives birth to visenya in the books that's like it's like sad because it's also like her first and only daughter too because obviously she has five sons so when she gives birth to visenya it describes visenya as like scale like that she has like you know scales like a dragon would yeah and like danny's baby exactly and so they actually you can see like it's really hard to see you can kind of see like the baby's skull is misshapen episode a little bit but if you look up the pictures Mm -hmm. the way the team designed the baby is almost like dragon looking like and it's very like Mm. interesting but yeah i my heart broke the thing that made me the most angry i think during that whole sequence was she's literally screaming out for damon and he doesn't go to her and that like made me so upset but in the book she basically like screams she's like you monster get out of me get out of me and so i think there's like this like guilt too where it's like not only does she go into pre like she went into early labor but she also called the baby a monster and then it was born misshapen and stillborn so it's so sad yeah that whole thing was rough but she's still a fucking queen. She is. But I'm really sad about it. It the whole but I thought it was a really good episode and um I think it this season has redeemed Game of Thrones in a lot of people's eyes. Oh, I will say I did see at least one comment that was like I can't watch House of the Dragon because no matter what I know Bran's going to be king and I'm like please stop. Oh my god. Please stop reminding us of that. Not for like a couple hundred like a couple hundred We don't want to be oh reminded at this point. Okay, I will say something that's a little controversial among Game of Thrones fans. So as we know, Henry Cavell is leaving after the next season of The Witcher. Oh my god, I'm pissed about that. Okay, so... so I don't want to see not Thor, the other one. Uh, the, Liam. I don't Liam, want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the thing, though. So, so many people are just like, I want him to be on House of the Dragon. And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't want him. Like, not saying, I don't, not saying that he's not attractive. I liked him as the Witcher. I liked him in that, and I really didn't think he was a very good actor until I saw him in the Witcher, and then I was like, oh, he's okay. Yeah, well, I like, you know, obviously Matt Smith is, like, a well-known name, but I kind of like it when most of the House of the Dragon actors or Game of Thrones actors are people I don't really recognize, because it helps me put them, their face is that role Yeah, or, like... Like, they've been, like, supporting characters yeah. their whole life. Like, character actors. And so, like, they, they're really good at transforming into other characters. Because a lot of them I'd seen before, but not prominently. And also, Matt Smith's playing outside his type. Because yeah. he's usually, like, the doctor. He's an affable kind of guy. He seems like a really nice guy. Damon is very rough around the edges and very mis- messed up. And I think also because... You know, he naturally has very dark hair. He's playing a very blonde person. I think that helps as well for him to, like, he's playing very different than what he usually plays. So it's not so much of, you know, he's not, he's not even that big of a name. I mean, he did play Doctor Who, but I can only name, like, a handful of the people that played Doctor Who because they have had a lot. And not all of them. I think a lot of people are really, really into the crown, too, and he was Prince Philip for a while in the crowd, oh, so, yeah, yeah, I think that's what a lot he of people, a, too, yeah. associate him as. I guess. Which I never, I never watched the crowd. I should. I, I should. But it's good. I do have to ask, because speaking of, like, shows about royalty, so I've seen a few episodes of this, and I really liked what I saw. I just kind of wasn't able to pick it up again, but have you seen any of The Empress yet? No, it's on my list. I really want to watch it. So how funny is this that I stumbled across, like, okay, 
so Katie knows this about me. Um, I go down very, very weird rabbit holes. And this is a spoiler for the, the series as a whole, but I don't think we'll see this till many seasons later because this is about her death. I was on the rabbit hole of unusual deaths. And Empress mm-hmm. Cece died when she was a lot older, like I think in her 60s. But essentially what happened, she was assassinated. A man on the street, she was taking a walk. She liked, she liked walking a lot. A man on the street stabbed her. And essentially what happened, <gasps> happened is she was wearing her corset and the corset held in the wound and so when she got to where she was walking i don't think she i think she realized she had been hurt but i don't think she realized she'd been hurt as bad as she did so when she got to the boat it was like okay we need to undo her corset and when they did it just like opened up and she fainted and then she died like minutes later afterwards Oh my god. Yeah. That's very sad. It's really, really sad. And she had an incredibly interesting life. Like, she never cut her hair. And then because she was so known for her beauty, she, like, stopped posing for portraits and paintings after she was 33. Like, she was just, like, this beautiful and very revered figure. But the first season is literally, like, just her, her basically how she accidentally kind of became the empress. And... Just really mm-hmm. interesting yeah. from what I've seen. I've only seen three episodes. Yeah, I've only... I, I watched the trailer and I was like, ooh, that looks interesting, but I haven't started watching it mm-hmm. yet. I did end up watching the first three episodes of American Horror Story, though. Oh my god, I haven't seen any New of this York. season yet. Okay, so I won't go into crazy spoilers, mm-hmm. but I will say it's definitely more true crime than horror, which is fine. It's taking place in the 80s. Oh, okay. In, like, the gay scene. In the I don't know how else to say it. But, like, also, like, kind of the underground scene. And there's people killing gay men in the city. And it's in the so 80s. So it's like cruising. And I, yes! Okay. So it is very reminiscent of cruising. Which, I think I've mentioned this before. Cruising is a fictional movie starring Al Pacino by... Directed by William Friedkin. But William Friedkin wrote it because they're the guy from the exorcist the radiologist the actual i was telling my parents about this the other week and i was like you didn't know about the serial killer in the exorcist like the real one so there's a radiologist who was in the exorcist because he was a real life radiologist his name was paul bateson he's still alive by the way because he's been released from prison because they could they could only prove one murder anyways Paul Bateson was in The Exorcist because they used the real hospital staff in it. Many years later, he was arrested and convicted of killing a prominent gay man because he was gay. Too. They were both gay. Anyways, they like he said, they went home together. They got into a fight and he accidentally killed him. But then I think he chopped him up. So, but so he did go to prison for several years. But I think it was like second degree murder. So he was released a few years ago and he's kind of disappeared like once his parole was over he got to disappear into obscurity so he's still out there but there were these other murders there were the torso murders which a bunch of women were being killed but there was also the bag murders which mostly targeted gay men in the snm leather bar scene and uh, just like underground kind of night scene of new york city so that's kind of what this goes around too but the bag murders was people were being chopped up and put in bags and thrown into the East River. And this there's a lot of, there's that going on. So there's a serial killer in the TV show. But a lot of people suspect that Paul Bateson may have committed several of the bag murders because of how he dismembered the one person he was convicted of killing. 
and he was in that scene. Now he could be perfect. He could be innocent. They've never pr- he's he's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. They've never proved it, but he was suspected of it. So, anyways, and William Friedkin visited him in jail because he just wanted to know why he killed this other man. Because the guy was like a very prominent writer in New York. I think he was like a a critic of some kind. And so, like the guy that he killed was like pretty famous in New York City culture and society. So William Friedkin was just like, why'd you do it, Paul? And he says that Paul Bateson confessed to him, but also was a jail cell confession. So, like, you can't really take that. But William Friedkin wrote it about that. But then the way that it was portrayed, some people find the film to be homophobic. I didn't get it from there, but I, that's why, like, I do want to do it on the podcast, but I really want to invite somebody who is more versed in gay culture. Yeah. And... Because I'm just like, maybe I'm not getting it because I'm straight. I might not just have the tools with which to process it. But, like, for me, I thought they were blaming the homophobia on the killer's motivations. Like, the homophobia of other people. And not the film itself being homophobic. But, again, I've read several different articles and everybody has a different opinion about that. But the people of New York and of that scene, because they were filming it with Al Pacino down there... They went to a real leather bar. And there's all these rumors that people were actually having sex on screen. I don't know if that really happened, but that is pretty infamous for that, too, which is why we probably should do it in the podcast, because it's a very infamous movie. But people were protesting it because they weren't really fans of, like, that being portrayed as something that was, like, specific. And so I think I think they're trying to use the bag murderers. Mm-hmm. And there it's also a bit of a, there's some symbolism for AIDS. And the AIDS epidemic, because there's also, like, this mysterious disease going from Fire Island, which is a very popular gay tourist spot in New York. So, anyway, so it's, it's a bunch of different things. But I like all the actors. They've got Dennis O'Hare in, like, a small part, which I always love Dennis yeah. O'Hare. Patty Lapone is a lounge singer, and she's literally just singing in a bar. And I was just like, I mean, Patty And we are Lepone, talking about American Horror Story now, right? Yeah. This, no, this okay. is still American Horror Story, yeah. Okay. There's also Billy Lords in it. Joe Mantello is in it. He was in something else I was talking about last week too. And he's he's been in a ton of like he's like been a tiny a bunch of Tony Award winning shows. Russell Tovey, who's been I think he's he's in it. Charlie Carver, who's been on other seasons. Lizzie Grossman's in it. Sandra Bernhard. And Zachary Quinto came back for the first time since, I think, Asylum. He's very creepy in this. And there's a very creepy performance by, like, Jeff Hiller, who I have seen in stuff mostly in comedic, but he's, like, very creepy. Um. So anyways, so, like, I don't, I'm seeing a lot of parallels to the AIDS epidemic and, like, it's set in the 80s and it's interesting. I think it's good that a, you know, a gay creator is telling the story, but it's definitely very much geared towards that culture. Yeah. Of that very specific New York 80s gay nightlife scene. I mean, if you like Paris is Burning, you'll probably like this. It's not about drag balls at all, but it's kind of like the similar like night culture, like club culture almost, but like more of the seedy underbelly of it. So I think it's an interesting look at it. And like, there's obviously like a lot of sex in it because it's about like people going to S&M clubs and stuff. But it's a, I did not, ex- I kind of expected it from the posters, but I wasn't sure how they were going to put it all through. And I think it's kind of nice to do like specifically gay culture in this. Because like, it's been like, American Horror Story is always good with representation. 
But it is nice to, like, have more of an insulated community and how this is affecting them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not as broad, and I think that's only going to help them. Because, like, last season, the first half was really good because it was kind of the same thing. It was, like, a small community and the vampire stuff and all that stuff. Spoilers for last season. But then the second season put off the – the second half was just bleh. But, yeah. like, this is good. And, like, I've seen the first three episodes. Now, it hasn't gone off the rails quite yet. <laughs> so we'll see if it goes off the rails. But uh, it's promising. But it's not – I wouldn't call it as so much horror as, I don't know, almost more of a thriller and, like, true crime. So I don't know if Ryan Murphy is just on a true crime kick. Yeah. Because of the Dahmer stuff. Oh, and have you and heard they're the going to make that? You heard that they're going to make the monster thing into an anthology, and I guess they're going to do different serial, serial killers every season. Uh, I don't know I don't if know that's if the best that. idea. I'm not into that. I am. It's like, I'm... I still haven't finished Dahmer, because it's just so much. I'm interested in it, but it's, it's very... So, one, it's interesting, and I think there's a lot of people who read a lot about serial killers. That's not anything new. But knowing how much pain it brought to a lot of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims' families, that's the one thing that I'm just like, is it really necessary to keep doing it to other people's families, too? I don't know. You know who will probably play Eileen Warnos? Either Leslie Grossman or maybe Billy Lord. I would see that. Yeah. I also watched a docuseries on Netflix called Killer Sally. And um, it's about this woman named Sally... And she was, she and her husband, Ray, were both um, weightlifters. They were bodybuilders in the 80s and 90s. And she killed him. She claims in self-defense because he had been abusing her for many years. And she finally had enough. But he wasn't actively attacking her when she killed him. Mm. And she shot him not once but twice. Mm. So she went to jail for a 25 years and she was just released a couple years ago and they have interviews of her her two children his friends their family friends and it sounds very much like the amber her johnny depp situation where he was the aggressor and she aggressed back but he was the one who aggressed first and was more physically abusive she just kind of because she was the bodybuilder builder didn't really seem very sympathetic to the jury, whereas she probably was battered but had fought back too, which that's a whole thing of like I don't know. Are you, neither one of you are completely in the right, but like I tend to have more sympathy for the person who didn't aggress the situation. But um, it's really sad because they show the actual video of her saying goodbye to her kids after she's knows she's going to jail and she's going to be going to trial when she finds out he's passed away and she genuinely does like she does seem really like in shock and like not really feeling her emotions until they tell her that he died and then she seems really upset but like when she's saying goodbye to her kids and she's like apologizing for messing up like i started crying because it's really sad because her kids are just like and it's the it's the real kids you know, and they're adults now, and they, you know, kind of told that story. And it's interesting. It was, I had not heard of this case. And, I mean, she got second-degree murder. So, just better than first. But still, really sad. And I don't, I think she did love him. But 
he apparently just cheated on her all the time and supposed allegedly abused her. And one friend said that she saw bruises and stuff, but everyone else. They also had his friends talking, and I feel bad because the guy's dead, so it's not like he can defend himself. But also, I was like, I don't know. Sometimes after people pass away, you put on rose-colored glasses about their faults, and their friends are like, well, she she got angry, too. And I was like, but did she beat him up? Like, mm, it's a little yeah. different if he's beating her up and she just got angry sometimes. Um, but anyways... It was, it did make me cry. She does, she did get remarried after jail, and that's the last scene is her kids come to her wedding. Oh, And, and she gets to meet her grandkids and stuff. And so that's good. Yeah. So it's nice. It's like, it's got a nice ending, but I feel bad for, obviously, her husband, her, that she killed, like, whether or not he was a bad person. Yeah. Uh, he was also on steroids, like five different kinds of steroids. Doesn't make you act very normal. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that was an interesting documentary. I also watched the Jerry Falwell, or the is it Jerry, whatever you know the God forbid documentary that's on Hulu about. So there's Jerry Falwell, which if you saw the Eyes of Tammy Faye, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jerry Falwell's the guy. He started Liberty University. I feel like he's in it, but he might not be in it. it. Might be another person. But he was an evangelical preacher, and he was a bit of an asshole. And he started Liberty University, which is still around. And his son runs it, ran it. And his son and his son's wife started having an affair with this um, pool attendant in Florida, who was like in his twenties. And they used to tape him and the wife having sex, and the guy would sit in the corner. And allegedly uh, masturbate, and he filmed it. And so the guy, and 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 you know, all the while proclaiming to be this super Christian, monogamous guy, and like saying like being homophobic and doing all this shit. Meanwhile, he's in a weird, not quite threesome, you know, very hypocritical guy. Yeah, and he was also a big Trump supporter. Mm. Uh, Trump came to Liberty University. And all this stuff. And then the guy came out because there were these lawsuits happening over property stuff. And so he finally came out and was like, oh, yeah. So I've been having an affair with them for many years. And I'd heard of the affair, but I didn't know, like, everything. So it was very interesting watching this guy. He seems very genuine. He's just like, yeah, like, I was, like, a horny 22-year-old. Like, what else was I going to, like... He was like, she was pretty, and they were, like, giving me money. I do believe he stepped down as leader of the church. But basically, it kind of brought his whole life down. And I also started watching the Murdaugh family docuseries that's on HBO. Okay, so rich family in the Carolinas. One of the sons was driving a boat, drunk, with all of his high school friends. And there was a wreck, and a girl died. Oh, okay. And so he had gone to court, but not to jail yet for it. And before he went to jail, he and his mom were murdered on their property with two different guns. And his dad called the police. And his dad is in custody right now for their murders. And paying someone to kill him. And because the person tried to kill him, but was unsuccessful. And also, 
they may or may not have killed his son's friend, his other son's friend, possible lover. And the son's, the son who's still alive, his nickname is Buster. Like Buster from Arrested Development. Oh my and god. And Buster, there was this guy and he was supposedly a hit and run victim. But his, they show the crime scene videos. His body's literally in the middle of the road. And they said, oh, he was fixing a tire on his car and it got hit. I was like, that's not where the body would be then. Like, it's very suspicious. And anyways, so like, basically, they've been, you know, allegedly taking care of justice in their own way and hiding secrets. And now they're all coming out and the guy is in custody and he is, I don't think the trial started, but it's, it's been one that I've been following because like the first, it's Alex Murdoch is the, is, is the guy that's on trial but basically like it's just been a really weird thing because at first it was just like oh my god this mother and son were murdered how awful and then you find out that the son that was murdered probably is guilty of manslaughter and or at least reckless endangerment you know yeah and then like the other son had a friend who might be his lover too because the guy who was killed was out but the son isn't so maybe they killed him because he was gonna out him i don't know Maybe they just did it because they're assholes. Maybe they didn't kill him at all. Maybe it truly was an accident, but it seemed real suspicious. Anyways. Yeah. So then the other brother, someone very close to him, has just mysteriously died. And then you find out that the dad pays someone to kill himself because so he can leave all the money to the to Buster, but then it it, it gets ruined and he doesn't actually die. He just gets shot in the face. Oh my god. And then the guy who was hired, I think, did confessed to police that like yeah he hired me to kill him so anyways that's a crazy story that's going on right now (laughs) and it's active but he is in custody they did arrest him like last month i think and then i also watched don't worry darling Mm. well before but first i guess we should talk about how was big mouth before i talked about don't worry darling oh it's okay it's okay um you know i don't know if, like, what's going on. So I was telling Katie, this is the sixth season now. And it kind of, I didn't hear anything about it. It just, like, I logged onto Netflix and there it was. And I was like, well, shit, I know what I'm doing. Because it's, like, the min- the episodes are, like, 28 minutes long. They're, like. Yeah, they're it, not long. It doesn't take a lot to watch them. It's not, I mean, there's some good social commentary in there. And it's, like, really funny because she came in at the end of last season. But Andrew has a girlfriend named Bernie Sanders. And <laughs> she's played by uh, Kristen, uh, is it Swall? Is how you pronounce it? Shaw? Shaw, yeah. Kristen plays, Shaw? Who plays From Mabel, and uh, she also plays uh, Sarah Lynn and Bojack Louise? Horseman. Yes, Louise and, and Louise. Yep. Yeah. It's Kristen Shaw. Yeah, I you, love her. You instantly recognize her voice when she talks. Oh, yeah. 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 I love her. She's so funny. She's so, that's what, I mean, my Mabel's named after Mabel Pines, so it's like, yeah. I, I, she's a great actress, but um, she's in it. And, it, I mean, you know what? It's interesting, because I didn't always laugh out loud at Big Mouth, and sometimes I'm like, ugh, that's really gross humor. But I actually laughed out loud a few times during this season, so that was pretty well, that's impressive. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I watched the first season, and I think some of the second season, and I liked it. I really liked it a lot, but... I was kind of confused how they were going to keep going with it, honestly. The kids are still, like, 13, 14 years old. Yeah, six seasons like later. Yeah. I feel like you should age them. Yeah. But. 
Since it's about puberty, basically, I'm like, why aren't they aging them? I guess that's another reason I was like, okay, we've seen this. It's not like Hey Arnold where they're always on adventures. You know what I mean? Well, I think even Arnold, like, by the end of the series, it's only like two years, but at least he's in the sixth grade. So it's like, at least he ages two years. That is true. And when they do the movie, the Jungle movie, they're like in seventh grade, so it made more sense. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like Big Mouth okay, like... I liked it a lot when I first watched it, but I haven't gone back to watching it. So, yeah, that's on me. No, it is. I mean, I think it's really interesting because there's a lot more because Taylor even brought this up. He was like, there's more musical numbers because it's like every season they've been doing musical numbers, but it seems every season they get like a little bit more musical numbers in there. So that's kind of an interesting thing, too. Well, I think it's kind of weird because they give out children that don't age in TV shows. So Family Guy's been on since like other than its cancellation for two years. Family Guy's been pretty much on since 1999 and Stewie mm-hmm. is still a baby. All these years I mean, later. the Simpsons, they haven't oh, aged Maggie. a single year. Well, they, they did do a flash forward, didn't they? They did, okay. but there's like one episode. Okay, yeah. Which I haven't watched the Simpsons in years. I I appreciate that they're still going on, but at this point I'm like, I don't, I'm okay. Like, I will watch the, the newer, like, Treehouse of Horror episodes, but <gasps> also everyone's gotten so much older. Have you seen, I haven't seen it, but the Treehouse of Horror they did this year was like a death note. And I think that's hilarious. <gasps> I watch it, yeah. I, think I need it's to watch hilarious. it. I saw that it was on, and I was like, "Oh, I need to watch that," but I haven't. It's but I like, I, like leg- last year, I watched their Treehouse of Horror. It's legitimate anime style, like Death Note. Oh, that's so, awesome! And it's fun fact for all you guys who don't know, Mabel's middle name is Rim, which is a Death Note character. So, yep. <laughs> Going back to Halloween, so we sat outside on our so our friends Stephanie and Johnny join us because they do every year. It's a tradition. Um, but we stand outside, we hand out candy, because obviously the dogs freak out if someone knocks on the door. And so we projected, we were projecting, like, Hotel Transylvania on the garage. So, because it's, you know, family That's friendly. Fine. But this kid walks up, and he's like, can you play Rick and Morty? Can you play Rick and Morty? <laughs> and I, I'm, a, I'm Pickle. I'm, I'm a Pickle. I'm Pickle Rick. Um, I'm Pickle Rick. Sorry, I was like, it's I, been too long. I told him, I was like, you know, I said, I don't mind Rick and Morty. I was like, but maybe some of the moms in the neighborhood would appreciate that. And he laughed. <laughs> but, you know, it's very, I mean, he's just a kid. But I do find it dangerous when kids do idolize characters like Rick Sanchez. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's like, but you should, I, so I have a friend who has a, a, child and they were obsessed with making their their like planes and spaceships crash and they said they've been watching crash things and so i was like did they make sure it was make believe like yes we talked but i mean that's the thing it's your job as a parent to talk about the kid like you know when people crash in real life like people can get really hurt and that's not okay and they're like yeah but i want to figure out how to stop the crashes from happening I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's, inter- okay, you might just become an engineer trying to make things more safe. But, like, on the other flip side of that coin, like, it could be a kid that's like, yeah, I want to make the world burn. You never know. Yeah. Which is why, as a parent, you should be involved in your child's life. I'm saying this not having any human children, but, like, I just observe. But, yeah, like, I I remember one of my coworker at my old job, her stepson, was wearing a Maverick t-shirt. And Maverick was the bird, I think, that Logan Paul owned. And I've never watched a Logan Paul vlog on his channel because I don't really want to give him money. But this was when he was being real shitty. Like, he's matured a little bit. But let's not forget he is the person who filmed a dead person 
in a forest and then put it on YouTube thinking that would be clickbaity while he was wearing a Toy Story alien hat. Um, Super disrespectful. Same person. So I see this kid who's very nice wearing this Maverick shirt and I ask my friend who's a stepmom, I'm like, do you know what that shirt is? And she's like, oh, it's some person he likes. I was like, no, 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 no. That's Logan Paul's merchandise. Logan Paul is a gross person and he encourages children to do gross things. Please go watch his YouTube videos and see if you still want your kid wearing that stuff. I'm like, I know he probably just got it because y'all were like, that's what he wants. But he is fucking dangerous. It's like fucking Jordan Peterson and the incels. Speaking of, Don't Worry Darling is based off of Jordan Peterson. Oh, interesting. Which, uh, it's Chris Pine's character is based off Jordan Peterson. And I won't get into the spoilers because Britt has to watch it, but I do want to talk to you about it when you do have a chance to watch it. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to watch it, and then I had a second, and I was like, I'm just going to, it's not that long. So I was like, I'm just going to watch it while I work out because I'm just curious. And I watched it. I would give it a solid B. Really? Solid B. Not a B plus, a B. Maybe a P minus. Well filmed. Florence Pugh is always good. And I really like the supporting characters. Olivia Wilde's fine in it, but I it always bothers me when a director puts themselves in a supporting role, even if they're good at it, because I'm like, you really should just be behind the camera. Because there's some stuff that doesn't make sense, but I'll have to spoil it to talk about it. So I won't talk about that. But it seems to borrow from a lot of other movies. Like, there's, like, a dance sequence that looks straight out of the Suspiria remake by Luca Guadagino. There's a a scene straight out of Midsummer with Florence Pugh doing the same thing she does in Midsummer, where someone falls off of a high place, and she goes, (gasps) and I was like, oh, hi, this is Midsummer again? Yeah. What is going on here? And then there's, like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, gaslighting, like Rosemary's Baby, and then, like, very obviously, it's, like, pulling out of the Setford Wives. And I will say the way they do it is a little more imaginative. But Chris Pine's character is, like, based off of Jordan Peterson. And the way he talks, yeah, that's understandable. Because, you know, he's, like, a pseudo-intellectual. He talks, he uses very big words. But he's talking in circles. And he's doing that to confuse you. So you'll think that he's smart. But he's not really. And... Having dated somebody who talked like that and who gaslit me into oblivion, that puts big old red flags up in my book. And I kind of like what they're saying with it because they are kind of saying, like, gaslighting is bad and, like, stuff like that. It didn't go overboard with that, but, like, just hinted at it um, and hinted how dangerous people like Jordan Peterson um, or even, I don't hate Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan, like, doesn't really know what he's talking about, but has this giant listenership, and yet he doesn't really fact check his people that come on. He'll have people like Jordan Peterson come on and give them a platform, and then, like, they'll say stuff that's flat-out lies, and he won't, like, really back them up. Even if he doesn't believe them, he still lets those people talk, and then vulnerable minds, into, you know delve into conspiracy theories and it's dangerous and i do think thanks to last night's elections i do think people are starting to figure that out because a lot of people there are a lot of people who are conspiracy theorists who did win elections but there's a lot more of them who didn't and i think a lot of people are starting to realize like oh 
hey, maybe I shouldn't date for the crazy person just because they're loud. Because that's a lot of people just vote for the loudest voice. And you really have to listen to that voice. And that's what Jordan Peterson does. And that's what people, Chris Pine's character does. He just kind of gaslights everyone into oblivion. Harry Styles was okay. He didn't do a whole lot. Like, he was fine. That tells me, like, he, he was he was kind of just there. And when he did have to talk, he was fine. And people were making fun of him going in and out of his accent. But once you see the movie, it actually might be a character choice. Yeah. So after I saw the movie, I was like, oh, okay, so this might actually be a choice and not him just not being good at doing an accent. I mean, obviously the British accent, but he slips into an American for some fight scene. Yeah. Between him and Florence Hugh. And I was like, that's stupid. He's totally going American. But then you see the movie and you're like, Oh. oh, which it might still be an accident, but it made sense in the world of the movie. But there's a random scene where he dances and I don't understand. And there's a lot of stuff that just don't like they set up this logic of the world and then they, they give this stake that is a very high stake. And I get that, but logically the way they've set everything else up doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why that would be true. Yeah. But you have to watch the movie to understand. If you know, you know. If you've already seen it, you're like, I know. Because I just didn't understand. Like, I was like, well, if this is how this is happening, then why would this be true? And I was just very, like... So there's a lot of, like, logical fallacies in this movie. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if it's this. So anyways... I would say, since it's on HBO Max, go ahead and go watch it. I would say it was kind of like a, like a, like a, like a Last Night in Soho. Okay. Well made, but not brilliant. Yeah. You know? And I liked, I love, I love Last Night in Soho, but it wasn't like, oh my God, that was Edgar Wright's best. It was like, it was like, good. Good. It was good. But Eighth Grade was definitely a better film. Oh, book smart. Books. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> they both came out around the same you're, time. You're thinking of, you're like you're in Bo Burnham yeah. mode. That's Bo Burnham. Yeah. Sorry, but but Booksmart was definitely I think better. It's just like it's there's not a whole lot of depth to it past the surface level, but that's not a bad thing. It's like it's kind of reminds me of Nope mm-hmm. surface story, but Nope has a lot of philosophical stuff underneath because almost oh, a Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peele. Yeah. <laughs> Very different person. Jordan Peele thinks about that shit. I'm not sure if Olivia Wilde does. Also, apparently Don't Worry Darling was originally written by two male writers, and then they brought in a female writer to rewrite it. So I think maybe also some stuff maybe is because they had three different people writing it. Yeah, to make them convoluted. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that works out for the best, and sometimes like I feel like the second writer maybe doesn't understand the world quite as much as the first writer did because it was their idea. And I don't think it's, I'm glad they got a woman's perspective because it is mostly told from the female perspective, but I'm like, "Mm," you know, kind of like what they did with like John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. But I feel like maybe they should have brought, they're going to do that. Maybe bring them in from the beginning and not John Mulaney. What, who am I thinking of? Nick, Nick Nick Kroll. Yeah. But he is in it and he is a very like, much calmer version of himself than is usually on screen. So I like, it's much more of a serious part for him. He's not a big part of it, but like, it's nice to see him in a more serious part. And if you saw Veep, one of the people from Veep is in it too. Um, 
can't remember his character's name, but the guy that like is kind of an asshole who's always like, I don't know. He's he's like the assistant. Is he the president's assistant? I don't know. But he's always like being an asshole. He's kind of like the Dwight Schrute of that show, but as smart as Jim. He usually outsmarts them. But I'm glad I watched it because I was curious. But I wouldn't say it's very original. Like, I I think the concept was executed decently. And they both explained and didn't over-explain what was going on. Like, they didn't come to the conclusion quick enough for it to be interesting. It, it, it was almost, there's almost an Inception kind of thing. Mm. But it's like if you watched Inception and you didn't know what was happening until the last 20 minutes of Inception. And that's all I can say about Don't Worry Darling without spoilers. Yes. So, speaking of HBO Max, mm-hmm. guess what's on HBO Max? I know what's on HBO Max. It's Barbarian. Barbarian, yeah. Which I did watch. And I I was I was trying to it's a toss up for next week between Barbarian and Crimes of the Future. But I think because Ryan, our editor, also saw Barbarian. Ryan saw Barbarian before we both saw it. Yeah, he, he saw it. He got theaters. to go see it in theaters. And the only the the time I heard about Barbarian, I don't know how it snuck under my radar, was when I went to see Nope with Ryan and I was like, Oh, that looks interesting. And then Ryan kind of was, like, giving us a bit of a warning about it because there was a lot of, like, stuff in it. And then Britt saw it, and you were kind of like, eh? Yeah. But I saw it, and I really liked it, guys. So Ryan's going to come on next week, and we're going to watch Barbarian, and we're going to talk about it because we all have slightly different opinions about it. So I think it's going to be an excellent discussion. Mm -hmm. Also... I want to go back and watch it. And I will say, like, I'm not saying Barbarian is the next Hereditary. Yeah. Not that good. But it was surprisingly surprising. Like, there was a lot of unexpected turns. And I think upon a second watch, I'm going to understand it more. But I did actually really enjoy it. And I liked the ending. And a lot of people didn't like the ending. I found it satisfying. But I will say... There's definitely some tropes in there that have been overdone, mm-hmm. and there's some weak spots, but there's also a lot of interesting stuff. It's definitely not anything I'd seen before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very it's it's pretty original, and it was like Jordan Peele. It's written by like his films. It's written by a comedian who's doing horror, but there's enough. There is some humor in it as well. So there's just there's not as much horror in as I thought it was going to be. But it was still weird and twisted and different. And I don't know. I liked it. Britt was very eh on it. Yeah. And Ryan, I think, liked it, but also found it a little triggering. Yeah. Because there is some there is there's some triggering stuff. There's some like abuse stuff. I nothing's really on screen that was triggering for me. It was more of the circumstances surrounding something that would be triggering for me, but they didn't actually show it on screen. So I guess that's why I didn't feel, I guess because I was going into it preparing myself for the worst and then it wasn't that bad. Well, that part wasn't that bad. There was other parts that I felt were kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I'll agree with that. 
But most of the stuff that I was afraid of was more implied. Yeah. Which I appreciated. I always will keep but, saying I really, really liked the first half of the movie. It's the second half of the movie I didn't like as much. Because there's two very I mean, distinct halves to the film. There's really three parts to the film. There's really three separate acts. Because yeah. you've got the first part, the second part. And then they kind of come together in a completely different part. Mm -hmm. We're going to watch Barbarian. It's on HBO Max. An okay score. Oh my gosh. It's hard. The yawn is a sign that it's time to sign off. Yes. Because it's nighttime where we are. I don't know what time it is where you guys are, but I hope <gasps> y'all are great. Um, I know we are. We already talked about life and voting. I feel like I did a really bad job of reminding y'all to vote. Like, usually I'm like, vote! And I forgot to say it. Um, but I hope y'all voted. And I hope your elections went well where you are. Um, if you're not in America, um, but you're in a democratic country, vote when you can. Keep fighting the good fight, y'all. And be kind to people. And protect their rights. And, uh, take your vitamins. And wash your hands. Because it is cold and flu season. That's true. Go get your boosters when you're ready and be cool thank you for listening thank you for following thank you for sharing y'all are amazing we love you yeah uh and as for me like so a time change has happened has so it feels like if it's one time but it feels like a completely different time because we're probably used to being in bed by what our bodies are accustomed to so thank you all we love you all uh we hope you're doing well take care of yourselves and one another and take care of your fur babies too we just look forward to seeing you next time and the real babies and the re the human oh babies. yeah the, 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 the human the skin the, babies the skin babies as we call them uh that goes without saying all totally obviously uh we just look forward to seeing you uh next time same spoopy time same spoopy channel yeah, yes. stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye, Katie. Night, Gizmo. Good night, all the fur babies. Good night, Brittany. And Taylor. And your mom. Yeah. <laughs>
Our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.